0: Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports Media. And joining me is Brian Clapp, Director of Content Marketing at Work in Sports. Brian, super excited to have you on the show.
1: Hey, Rob. Awesome talking to you. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, what immediately made me know that I was going to like you was in your LinkedIn profile. There's a picture of the Michael Jordan Wings poster, something that is also hanging up in my studio. So, why, why did you have that or why do you have that as if there needs to be a reason?
1: This is great. So, our corporate offices are in Phoenix and uh, last year, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago now, um, we all kind of looked around and thought, man, our office does not look like a sports and environment like we did not have that it looked more like an office building you know there was cool little offices and whatever else but it was your basic tan walls and kind of boring and we were like all right we need to redo this place so we put up a huge scoreboard so there's a there's a large as soon as you enter in the office there's like an old school like the wrigley field s scoreboard um there's a ping pong table there's a completely open floor plan and then our conference room we all just said hey find your favorite sports posters collect them all and let's just do like a montage on the wall. And uh, that once it came together, it just felt like a much more inspiring space, which was kind of cool for all of us. So when I started doing pictures for our podcast, uh, I figured that was the the perfect backdrop and you can't go wrong with with MJ anytime.
0: Amen to that. And that's something that I took to heart right away when I started my bacon sports journey. I was working out of uh, an incubator in Chicago, and there's a bunch of other companies there, but it's just like white wall space. I was like, I need this to feel real. Yeah. I was like, give me some Ken Griffey Jr., give me some Michael Jordan. Let's make. Well, it's this funny work.
1: too. I'm a Boston guy, so uh all the stuff that I submitted. So there's like a Larry Bird poster, and it's like down in the corner, and then <laughs> there's like a there's like a Cam Neely photo up in the top right corner, way hidden. Like nobody wanted to put my stuff out there. Everybody wanted to put their, you know, MJ or their Phoenix stuff or whatever else. So yeah, my Boston stuff got hidden.
0: So speaking of Boston, while I was doing this, I bought a Jose Canseco Boston Red Sox poster, <laughs> which I planned on putting in the bathroom as a reminder that mistakes happen.
1: Yes, it's true. I thought I was one of those people that going into that season thought Mo Vaughan and Jose Canseco were going to be awesome. And it, <laughs> it was definitely a mistake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. that poster never did make it up. I still have it and I will be pulling it out. For the right moment. Uh, What what I wanted to talk about today is how to market yourself. This is something that is certainly applicable to anybody who wants to work in sports, but also to each of our own personal brands. So what do you believe are the key elements to marketing yourself?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think the opportunity is greater to market yourself and to work on your personal branding than it's ever been. I mean, when I was coming up in the, in the 1990s, so I graduated college in 1996, and I started at CNN Sports Illustrated right around that time. And there really wasn't the avenues that there are now. I mean, there's so many ways now people can get out there and build their brand. And in marketing, we so often talk about personas, right? We talk about who is that target audience we're trying to hit? What do they like? What do they look like? What are they interested in? And I think as a person, you can do the same thing. You can figure out who your target market is. So if you have a vision for your own career and you have a certain thing that you want out of life, you can start to look ahead and say, who is that person that's going to be a major decision maker in my life? Who's that person that could be a huge influence in the decisions and the things that happen in my life? And how do I target them? What are they interested in? Where do they hang out? What do they like to do? And once you kind of identify that these are the people that could be the change agents in your life and when you've established your purpose, well, then you have to start to authentically brand yourself out there in the places that they are and to be present so you can I mean obviously there's things like there's social media ways you can brand yourself and you can be smart out there and you can be saying intelligent things and be talking in the right places and you can be um, you know visible out there in the marketplace in a hundred different ways you can be doing YouTube videos you can be guest writing on blogs you can be building yourself up as a thought leader But I think the really most important thing is to be doing it in the right places, to really know where you want to hit it, where those people are that you need to be connecting with, building your online presence, and really having a deep authenticity to it. I find that there are a lot of people out there that go for the flash and don't have the substance. So I think you need to have that combination of both. You need to be able to be creative and show yourself and be out there and and be um, out there where the opportunities are happening. But at the same time, if you're all flash and you don't have the skill set behind it, if you don't have the education and the background and the experience, then it's not going to actually convert into anything. You're not actually going to turn it into an opportunity. So getting back to the whole concept of personas at, at work in sports, we know exactly who our target market is, right? We can sit back and say, I know, you know, you give them a fake name. You say, oh, okay, uh, Rob is a 22-year-old person who just graduated college. They are looking for opportunities, and we know how to where that person hangs out and where we can market to them and how we can get their voice, how they speak, what they like to to do. And once we know that, we can kind of create a process to talk to them, to reach out to them, to be authentic, to add value to them. And I think that's what what individuals need to do too. Figure out who that, that target market is, really start to figure out where they hang out, what they need to know, how you can help, how you can add value to them. And you give a lot to get a lot. You know, you just have to be out there and and displaying yourself in the right manner. And I think that you start to build your brand that way.
0: I think you nailed it with one thing that can oftentimes be overlooked, and that is the education slash what you need to know. And it's no longer, I went to school and this is what's going to get me by. It right. is now, what are you going to do on top of that to educate yourself on an ongoing basis? So, I like to think that well, I know I've learned more out of college than I ever did in college. Yes, by adopting this infinite learning mindset, where if you want to stand out and you want to build your brand, you've got to become a thought leader. And this doesn't mean you have to go on stage and speak every single time. Right. But what it means is that you need to be thoughtful with how you're curating your own knowledge, because that's going to become your brand. Because when you talk with another thought leader or you're in a job interview and they want you to just chop it up about the industry, you've got to be able to intelligently speak about it, even if you don't have the experience that you need or want. Listen, I know I don't have 10 years experience, but I've been doing X, Y, and Z, and there's so many resources podcasts are free, books are free, you can go to the library, you can watch YouTube videos, there's literally an endless amount of things. And then from that, that's an opportunity for, for these people to then start creating content around what they're learning and share that knowledge with others.
1: It's so true. And I think the key, one of the keys that people seem to forget to in our world of social media, everybody's really used to talking outwardly, like they're, they're used to speaking out. What, what people need to do just as much if not more is to listen and observe others. So one thing I like to advise people on is, pick out some people that you admire. Figure out some people, I don't care, Mark Cuban, all right? You say, that's a guy that I just really admire how he's gone about building his brand. Reverse engineer what he's done. And maybe he's not the greatest example because he's a owner of a team and there's not many of those and you might not ever reach that point. But find somebody who's a a coordinating producer at ESPN or they're in sports marketing at Octagon or all these different companies and figure out, go through LinkedIn, all right? Learn what they studied learn what their first job was, learn where they did internships, pick up on the knowledge that they got as they went through it and reverse engineer their career path a little bit. And you can, I'm not saying you're gonna follow the blueprint exactly, but if you listen to what they're saying and you observe how they got to a certain point of their career, there's so much you can learn from that and then apply yourself. And it's not stealing, you're not plagiarizing, you're learning. And I think a great way to, to, to be open and to learn these things is to listen and to observe and to be present. And like you said, books are free. YouTube videos are free. There's so many avenues out there to gain information that I didn't have coming up. So I, I think this is a great opportunity and a great time for that.
0: And that is exactly what I did is I reverse engineered the success of the most successful CEOs and high performers out there because I said, all right, I, I know that I need to get better. So what am I going to do? And then I started to see these same things just pop up over and over and over again. It was, they worked out early. They got up early. They read a lot. They they did a ton of networking. And I think a key turning point with me is sometimes you hear something enough times where I'm the idiot if I don't take advantage of it. So one, one example of this for me was on meditation. It's something that I literally heard like, 50 times out of some of the top CEOs and I'd never done it. I mean, I always thought this is like some Buddhist thing. Like (laughs) it it, it wasn't me until finally I said, listen, the reason I'm doing this is because the most successful people are saying, this is what I do to help become more successful. And I was like, all right. And once I adopted that mindset of removing the cynic and instead having the open-minded growth side of you say, all right, this is new. I might be a little bit uncomfortable on this. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not easy waking up early. It's not, how do you start a reading routine, especially if you don't read books, like things right. like that. What you have to do is say, I'm going to live in action when I get this stuff because a lot of people, and especially if you go to a conference, you can get fired up really quickly. You're like, oh my God, that guy was so awesome. And then nobody takes action.
1: Right. It's so true.
0: the key element to this is once you observe, and you hear these habits. Now you've got to implement them.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing that I, I, I totally emulate what you're saying and, and understand what you're saying is um, I've done the same thing. I used to always be of this philosophy. So when I first came up in the sports television industry, we worked long hours, late nights, holidays, weekends, all that kind of stuff. And my whole, whole impression always was the harder I worked, the better I would do. And I reached a point where that wasn't scalable, that wasn't sustainable. And I I took a step back. I remember reading a study that said, if you take a 10 minute break per hour, you are actually more productive in the 50 minutes you have left than if you worked two hours straight. So you can achieve more in that 50 minutes after taking a little break than you would if you worked two hours straight. And I started to say, all right, I need to do a better job of taking little breaks. And it it was so foreign to me for the longest time, because I came up from this, like uh, a very blue collar attitude of like, the harder you work, the more you achieve. And sometimes taking that little step back, going for a walk, getting outside, getting a little bit of sun, meditating, taking a breath, you can be much more productive and better at your job and better at listening and better at everything else that you're doing than if you just kind of power through all day long. So finding finding those things that work for you. And I don't think everybody has a formula they can follow. Like I don't necessarily, um, believe that if I read every CEO that they're going to give me the exact formula, I have to find something that works for me. So somebody else might say meditating or taking a 10 minute break doesn't work for them. Fine. Figure out what it is that works for you. Figure out what that thing is that rejuvenates you or that puts you in a better focus or that helps you accomplish more and start to do it. And it, it, whatever that is, just start to do it, you know, and, and, it, and that's the key is it's, it's not, you, you hear this all the time, it's like um, ideas are 20% and execution is 80%, you know, it's like there's a much bigger focus on executing a plan than just coming up with it.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you, it starts with having the awareness to say, I am going to build my roadmap of personal development. Yeah. and Once you understand that, then you're just crowdsourcing. You're like, I like this, I don't like this because everyone is different. And uh, for the listener, I actually reverse engineered my morning routine. So if you check, if you're uh, connected with me on LinkedIn, or if you go to bacon and check our blog out, all I did, I said, here's the morning routine that I have that I've crowdsourced from everybody else. And I'm just going to give it to you because you may say, all right, Rob, of the 15 things that you do, I only like two of them. That's cool because all you need to do is get two and then you get one from over here and one from over here.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I, for the longest time, I probably spent five years thinking like I need to become more routine. I need to have more of a pattern to all of my days and that will make it repeatable and that will make it stronger and I'll be consistent. And you know what I found? It doesn't work for me at all. I'm actually that person that thrives on a little bit of chaos and unknown and not knowing exactly what's coming around the corner and having a little bit of urgency. And so that's what works for me. I have three kids. I don't have any morning routine other than make sure they get to school on time. And however that happens between when they wake up and when we get there and then I can start my day, it's different probably every day. So I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, but everybody has a different formula that works for them. So don't be afraid to embrace something different if it's what works for you too.
0: So Brian, of the many things we have in common, one that has been very instrumental in my success is using a podcast or podcasting yeah. to help develop my personal brand and build relationships. Yep. You've got a podcast with work and sports and we've we've talked on the sports marketing huddle about why brands and companies and personal brands should be doing podcasting but i want them to hear it from you because they've already heard it from me yeah i love this should, format why yeah. so why should somebody create a podcast.
1: Yeah. So I love this format. It's funny. Um, not to, uh, to out any of my bosses, but about three years ago I went to them and said, I think we should start a podcast and I think we should start it now. And they were like, yeah, you know what? We've got other priorities. We have other things we're working on. I don't think that should distract you from the other things that you, you are on your task list. And so then it was like a year later and I was like, I think we should start a podcast, you know, let's just do it. And then it was like another year. And then finally I was just like, all right, I'm starting it. Let's do it. What 's great about it, and I believe, is that um, it's a very intimate uh, it's, a, it's an intimate connection you make with the audience right so you are very available and and uh, i, I don 't think any of us that do this are um, perfectly scripted. We're, we're talking freely. We're talking from the top of our head. We're being honest and authentic. And I think that's a really important part for personal branding. And I think it can really humanize an organization. You know, you think of businesses and you think of them as these monoliths or these like just huge corporations are pulling in money and don't care and you know, they hire and they fire and they make decisions on a whim and go on and on and on. When you have a podcast, you give a pulse, you give a heartbeat to your organization. You tell a little bit more about who you are, why. You Put the why behind the story, and I—I mean, I've come up as a content creator, so I came up in the television industry, and the ability to tell stories and craft a good story and communicate and talk to people is just something that excites me. Like, I really enjoy that. So, we started this podcast, and I started reaching out to people to be guests, and they're all like, "Sure, sounds great. I, I have had never had a problem." getting guests. We've had guests from high up in the NFL and Major League Baseball and executives with teams and all talking about things of how they started their careers, how they kind of got things built, what they look for and when they're hiring. I mean, very tied into what our audience, our personas want. Advice on what people are really looking for, how they can build their personal brand, and how they can stand out from a crowd of a thousand resumes applying for a job. And we had on Colleen Scholes, who's the and acquisition manager for the Philadelphia Eagles, and she was like, yeah, we put out jobs and we'll get a thousand and resumes, so I'm looking for special things that stand out. And she shared what she was looking for, and that's the kind of thing you can't get anywhere else. And our, our audience, so we started this private Facebook group, and uh, people come in there, and and I interact with them daily, and they can talk to me directly, and I can answer their questions, and we can get them on the podcast, and it's just a really I, I like the intimacy of it, and I like the human pulse that comes from having a podcast and being able to connect with the audience. Plus, it's super cheap to start. I mean, there's very little investment. I mean under a thousand dollars you can have top of the line equipment and just start producing content. It's it doesn't have to be a huge initiative.
0: And on the flip side, you can literally do it for less than a hundred dollars. If you want to get a USB microphone, yeah it's true. Skype and Ecamm. And yeah. the biggest thing I want to help convey yet again is don't let the excuses be the reason why you don't and you nailed one of the number one reasons why I hear brands who say oh we don't we're not gonna do it we don't have time it's not a good time we don't yep. have the resources do these other things it's like people think I'm cre- we're creating like a Hollywood movie or something right like no joke you can get an entire week we created a five-day-a-week podcast in like two hours a day yeah in that two hours a day in like in two hours period in the week yeah you match it like, This is not time consuming. It's the monster that everybody thinks it is. It is not. It is something where the ROI versus the time you spend on it is so good.
1: Yeah. It's true. No, and it's a, it's fun too. I mean, that's the other part of it is that I, I really enjoy doing it. Um, I like, I'm a, I'm a, a bit of a data geek. So I like to look at the stats and see where people are coming from and where they're downloading from and see the numbers kind of grow and increase. And I like talking with people like you on other podcasts and being able to share. I think there's a, a good personal feeling that comes from uh, giving back and then being able to interact with people. You know, I, one of the things as I've gotten, be, gotten deeper into my career is I've said, I want to share a lot of what I've learned. So I've, talked, I've taught in classes and done some things along that lines. But just being able to like almost do a brain dump and be like, hey, this is my experience. and This is something I've learned. And this has really made a difference in my career. I want to share it with you. And there's a lot of value that comes after. I mean, after I hit the publish button, I'm like, it feels good. You know it feels good to know that you can help somebody out with some advice that might make the difference in their career.
0: So Brian, every episode I like to give a takeaway, something that the audience can take from what we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And when I'm thinking about personal branding, one nugget I want to leave them with is never stop. Never mm-hmm. stop learning, never stop developing, never stop working on your personal brand because everything that you do is a reflection of you. So every brand touch point from your business cards to your email signature to do you do a podcast to what yep. you're posting on social media. And I want people to be more thoughtful about their personal brand. And this doesn't mean you have to become an entrepreneur or anything like that. Even if you're, you're in a company, everybody has a personal brand so that when they say your name, everyone's going to think something. So I want you to be cognizant of your personal div- your personal brand, and be thoughtful about it and say, all right, have I been strategic about it? If not, maybe write down some things and say to yourself, all right, I'm going to do a personal audit. Yep. What, what is my personal brand right now? Is this what I want? And is this going to get me to where I want to go? What about you? What's your takeaway?
1: You know, I think it's cool that a lot of people, when they talk about branding, what they generally think of is like leading edge technology. Oh, I need to be doing the newest thing. I need to be live streaming on Facebook now because that's how I'm going to build my personal brand. And while I think there's a lot of validity to staying on the leading edge of what's going on out there and how you can market yourself differently. I think there's also this core kind of grassroots policy that everybody should attach themselves to every expert that I interview who's in charge of hiring at these major sports organizations, when I ask them, what are you really looking for? They all go back to the soft skills. They all go back to work ethic. They all go back to um, showing up on time and, and having the right attitude and coming to work excited and things of that nature. And while that all sounds very squishy, I think what everybody needs to remember too is that they are their own personal brand and they're giving off an aura every day that they appear wherever they are. And if They give off that right vibe, like you're the kind of charisma, you're the kind of charismatic person I want to be around that sort of stuff sells you just as well as being on the leading edge of technology. So remember your core attributes as well. Remember who you are in your soul and who you want to propel out there. Remember who what your purpose is. You know not, not just like your goal, but what's your purpose? What's that thing that makes you really want to get up in the morning and get going and get after it? And if you remember those things and you project those in your personality, I think that's a huge part of your brand because your brand is you and your, your connection to your audience. So um, it's not just being out there and being present as I throw my phone away because I was a rookie and left my phone on during this interview. Um, But I think just having that uh, that connection to who you are and how you want to present yourself is really important.
0: So Brian, I really enjoyed our conversation. Where can people connect with you?
1: Great. Uh, I am on LinkedIn a lot because, as you probably imagine, at WorkInSports.com we're a lead, the leading job board for the sports industry. So LinkedIn is a huge place for us to connect with our audience of job seekers. It's a great social platform for us. We also have a, fi- a private Facebook group at the, If you search on Facebook for the Work In Sports podcast, uh, that's a really open forum of you know hundreds of people that are trying to get into the sports industry. They're sharing advice with each other. A lot of our expert guests on our show also are part of that, uh, group. So like senior sales directors for the Milwaukee bucks are in there giving advice to people. And Mike judge, who's the, uh, inside sales manager for the Cleveland Browns, he's in there giving advice to people on their careers, which is really cool. Um, and then, uh, we're at work in sports for Twitter and then, uh, our podcast, the work in sports podcast is probably the best places to get in touch with me.
0: As always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. Do you have thoughts, questions, or did this cause you to take action? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. And if you'd like to get some content creation tips to help you on your journey, go to robcressy.com and sign up for my newsletter. That's it